it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S. Chris, good morning to you, sir. Morning. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, Look, I know you're more of a football guy, what happens on the field, but just uh, some early thoughts on what you saw from the rankings last night. You know, a lot of overreaction, which is what they want. They want the excitement. Uh, obviously, nothing's going to stay the same. I, the, the, what you take out of it is Cincinnati's, you know, basically out of it. There's really no way they can move in it unless everyone just has to implode around them. That's what you would take out of it. I mean, Wake Forest is in the same boat. Um, I think people, the, the reactions I've been, people have asked me about, since last night uh, is my Oklahoma. Yeah, but, you know, Oklahoma is going to live or die with the rest of their schedule. They've got Oklahoma State. They've got Baylor. um, They got Iowa State. And then they got a Big 12 championship game if they get to that point. So they play themselves right in or out. I mean, you know, and so they go from eight into the four, you know, if they win. And I shouldn't say no problem because it's a problem winning those four games. But you know, Michigan State, Ohio State takes care of themselves. One's in, one's out. Georgia could lose the conference championship game and still get in. Um, you know, uh, you know, obviously Alabama's, you know, I, I think needs to win. Um, I, I would expect they need to win. So, look, in, in Oregon, Ohio State, um, look, that is important. I think they had to head. I do think there's a scenario where Oregon 
could beat out Ohio State if they don't both get in if it comes to that. And that would be that if Oregon were to really be impressive and win the Pac-12 and Ohio State was not that impressive so that it was really close, you can make that head-to-head count. Head-to-heads count, and they should count, and I think they honor that. But it is part of it, of the whole big picture. So um, that's my take of it. I think Georgia, Alabama, um, Oklahoma, uh, and um, – you know, Michigan State, Ohio State, and in, in, in Oregon, I would say Ohio State doesn't completely control their 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 path, so to speak. But most of those teams kind of, you know, control their path, so to speak. If they win Michigan State, Ohio State, obviously they knock one another out, I think. So, yeah, I think I think it's it, it's pretty simple to me who can get in and who can't. But we got a lot of football left, and November is is it in terms of we see this thing flip around, you know, um, so much. If you go back and look at the number ones and the number twos and the number threes and number fours in the first rankings of every year, eh, they they don't look the same when it's done uh, on early December. So we'll see. Chris, humor me for a minute. This is a very hypothetical looking at this fake crystal ball of mine here, right? Let's just pretend for a moment A&M runs the table. Alabama somehow loses to Auburn and A&M as the team in the SEC championship game. Again, this is a lot of things have to happen, but I just want to mm-hmm. play it out for a moment. And they somehow beat Georgia. Can uh-huh. a two-loss A&M team with wins over Georgia and Alabama, but losses early on to Arkansas and Mississippi State, could they get into the college football playoffs? I don't think so, but you can't answer that question in the vacuum. What happens to all the other teams? Right. Um, it's you know, the scenario is very impressive to win out. Um, the losses are, are what they are as well. Um, I think that is probably if there's only – there's maybe only one team that would have a chance, and that would be Alabama. And like it or not, it's based upon the name brand and the fact that we know they're good and, you know, they lost to Georgia. I mean, it almost would be – I don't even think that would that would fly. But again. What's Michigan State? What's Ohio State doing? What's Oregon doing? I mean, you got Cincinnati that, I hate to put it this way, you can throw in there as a, hey, look, an olive branch, they're unbeaten. You know, nobody else is taking the mantle. But, you know, again, do you have four? Right now, I I see that you got a lot of people into who could maybe be that that, uh, in that spot, but I, I just don't see that many. So the short answer is no. But could I create a scenario on top of what you said? I guess. I just don't really see that now. Now, And, again, I want to remind folks, I'm just saying that because I like to play, you know, just role play sure. for a moment. I, I don't think that's how it's going to all play out. But let's go now to A&M Auburn this weekend. What, what did Auburn do to make life so hard for Ole Miss? Well, first of all, Auburn's gotten a lot better in – it's really a great job of coaching the offensive line. It's much better coached than it has been. They utilize the tight end so effectively in the run game, and they really leak them out in the passing game. They move the pocket with Bo Nix, and he's so effective. It gives them some high-low reads. Uh, it gives them some ability to make some plays outside the pocket. Uh, the receivers, you know, everybody criticized it, and I, I absolutely knew what he was, that why he was doing it. He was talked into 
keeping the receiver coach when he got the job as a recruiter. And it was, uh, it's a poorly, was a poorly coached position. I still don't think they have guys that consistently win. I don't think they're that good at receiver, but they're better coached. And I've seen now a few games in, a few practices on top of that. You see how much better they're getting. They work back to the quarterback very well. They've simplified things offensively and defensively. They're a very good team. They've got an outstanding linebacking core. They're physical up front. Um, they, uh, they break on the ball very well underneath. Um, I do think, you know, they've got an outstanding nickel that can cover the slot and, and really does a good job supporting the run. Uh, this is just a very well-coached, solid physical team. What they did against Ole Miss is they defended well in the red zone. Uh, now, I know Matt Corral wasn't completely healthy, but they did run him, but they hit him, and they made him pay. And, you know, he wasn't able to be as effective in the red zone. Um, so that's the difference. That's what really happened in that game. If you looked at it, they made some plays Ole Miss did against uh, Auburn's defense, but they couldn't you know, come up big in the red zone. And that to me was the difference in the game. And I thought they were able to run the football. Look, Ole Miss's defense is not that good. The fact that they, you know, played well against LSU was not an indicator. You can run the football. And to the point of where I'm thinking, guessing you're probably going is, you know, you got, you can run the football here. You, you, you can run the football. And, and I think that the, I think if you're patient enough, you can have some success. And I think the tempo bothered, um, Auburn a little bit defensively, but not a whole lot. It was a really good performance on both sides of the ball. It's a good team. It's a really good team. Um, you had an extra, you had a bye week to kind of prepare for it and, and rest up. So I think the Aggies are a little bit better. Um, and I think they're in better position and I think defensively, you know, they can have some success. Um, and I'm very curious to see what they do. You got to keep Bo Nix in the pocket as much as you can and, and prevent the improvisational plays, which they excel at, quite frankly. So I was going to ask you, where are they vulnerable against Auburn? Is it there at the quarterback spot, the fact that Bo Nix can improvise so well? Absolutely. And look, they, they're not afraid now to, to employ him in the running game. Now, it's, he's more run to throw than run to run. But if it's a third and three, he'll pull it down. So you've got to you got to be real careful. And, you know, when you can go into a lot of man or um, pattern matches underneath, you can lose sight of the quarterback. He's not going to run crazy, but he can, he can extend a play. He can extend a drive with his feet, but it's for him. It's more about extending outside the pocket so that he can get his receivers who have struggle, have trouble winning off the line of scrimmage and winning on their route, extend the play where you can't cover it as long. So you know, I think the pressure has to be really exact, meaning I think you've got to really uh, rush from the outside in and hem him in the pocket as much as you can. If you do that and you muddy the pocket, that's where he's more prone to make mistakes. And that's where he's thrown over the middle. And that's where you can have some, uh, you know, some picks and certainly defending the football over the middle. Early on in the season, some of the Aggie playmakers weren't making plays and, uh, and I'm talking about Jalen Watermeyer early on, but he recently has been playing the way A&M expected him to play. What has changed? Is it the fact that they're moving Zach a little bit out of the pocket and allowing him to, to throw on the run, or what, what is different? Well, I think a couple of things. Um, that is certainly part of it, but 
it's also, too, they're playing a little bit better up front, so they're a little bit more comfortable releasing him. So when, you, when you're struggling up front, you, you tend to want to have a little more, um, you know, chipping with the tight end before he releases, and that delays, you know, getting out on routes. Right now, I think they're impacting him more into the passing game element, in, which is what they've wanted to do all along. But at times, you, you don't have the luxury of doing it when you can't protect well enough. So I think he's been a real positive in both the run and pass game and a, and a real big um, real big playmaker for him. I mean, in the type of offense that they want to run and they want to work that layered passing game and they want to obviously sustain drives, he's a big factor of it. So he's he's played well, but the play around him, not just the quarterback play, but the play up front, has contributed to that. All right, talk to me about uh, Matt Corral, who was a little banged up, obviously, in the, in the game against Auburn. Uh, they got Liberty this weekend. I, I'm not sure what his status is, if they're going to play him or not, or how much they'll play him. But uh, how much is he hindered? Oh, I think he's beat up. I think he's battered, bruised. I don't know the extent of that there's anything, like, serious that needs, you know, um, him to sit out I think it's just more toughing it out I think if you watch him you know he looks you know a little gimpier I mean he is he is a competitor um but he's not quite as explosive and I I, I, my understanding he's got both ankles that have that have been problematic for him so that's going to certainly affect them I don't know how much they are going to need to run him this week um Liberty's got an outstanding quarterback and you know the defense is not very good um so, you know, this is a game that uh, is important for a lot of personal reasons and um, for Ole Miss and for Lane and, you know, having uh, look you look at it. And it. It's funny how the dynamics change, right? I mean, you know, they basically Ole Miss played Tennessee and Arkansas. It was there was nothing separated those teams. I mean, they were just, you know, it could have gone either way. They won both of those. And then it's, you know, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. They lose, and now people are kind of throwing back, well, you know, they lost to Harvard, and they, lost, they could have lost those two. And so now I think finishing strong is something that's um, really paramount for them. I don't know how much he's going to play, and then obviously don't know how effective he's going to be or how healthy he's going to be next week. All right, we're talking to Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, Texas A&M scouting report here on the BCSI Hotline. It is Texas Radio presented by David Garner's Jewelers. How much interest do you have in this LSU-Bama game? Because this is a game throughout the years that meant everything, right? The West, and uh, this year, not the same kind of intrigue. Yeah, it was the feature game usually in the league for a while, and that's that's where LSU has been to this point. I mean, look, I... I watch games for a lot of different reasons. So I, I, you know, I don't know how, I don't think it's going to be a very good game. Um, you know, I think the motivational level and kind of the, the as I use the phrase, the, the let go into the rope at LSU is probably going to kind of lead to a bloodletting here. Both have had a bye week, but my sense is that Alabama will, will uh, take this. And, you know, I, you know, what's interesting to me, what I get out of it is just the focus of Alabama, how much better that they get. This has been a, by their standards, a little inconsistent, a little up and down team. Um, and so I don't really, I think the biggest threat would be, you know, Auburn um, against them, but I don't, I don't see them losing uh, at least until they get to the conference championship game. And I'm curious to see how much better and how much more consistent they get, uh, you know, to that point, or if they were to play poorly and lose, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for with them in this game. 
So kind of going back to the rankings, but looking ahead here, Mississippi State getting that 17th spot uh, for A&M. That loss doesn't look as bad as it did early on. They got a game against Arkey, Arkansas, that uh, Arkansas is not playing the same kind of football we saw early on. How do you see this one playing out? Well, a little bit of a contrast in styles like we saw last week. And one of the things in, on my um, on LandryFootball.com, I, I kind of broke down the game against Kentucky in Mississippi State. It's the contrast in styles. And so how this is going to play out is, okay, if, if you can get some early points and make them play from behind, that's going to be difficult. I think it's much the same here. I think Arkansas's, um, they've had some injuries. They're not quite as consistent in the passing game and Mississippi state's playing well, the biggest thing and the shocking thing. And it makes me wonder, has Mike figured this out? I 35 runs last week. That was, the, <laughs> you know, forget the winning, the loss staying committed to the run. They ran the football well, and that may, you know, I think that's the biggest problem that Mike's had is his aversion to that. And I know the short pass game, but you've got to be able to have game control. Cause I think the defense is, is better than most people think. So, yeah, you know, but it's look, this is a Mississippi state team that also, uh, you know, they beat A&M lost to LSU. So it's very inconsistent too. So I, I, I think this game's going to be a little interesting, and Arkansas has had a little time to kind of heal up a little bit. Chris, last thing for you: Will Georgia run for about four hundred on Mizzou? Because that uh, we saw that rush defense not oh, very good. They're awful. Yeah, they, they really are bad. And and you know, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be ugly. Arkansas, uh, I'm mean, excuse me, Georgia can run the football very very well, and um, you know, Missouri is they don't get off blocks very well at all. Um, this really, they are bad. They are kind of in that lower level with South Carolina Vanderbilt bad defensively. There he is, Chris Landry, the Texas A&M Scouting Report. We appreciate you, sir. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Take care. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.